Welcome to our series called The Story of My Life. Everybody say, Story of My Life. If you missed last week, let me just catch you up to what we're doing. It doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're, you're young or old, whether you're cool or not cool, whether you're a church person or a non-church person, every single one of us has a story. And the good news is that all of us have portions of our story that we're proud to talk about. And so we'll get around a group of people and we'll say things like, hey, let me tell you about that time when, and you begin to tell them about, about something you overcame or something you did that was funny or something you accomplished or, or maybe a person that you helped that made a difference in their life. We all have some part of our story that we're really excited about and we're very proud to talk about. Unfortunately, all of us in the room, we have parts of our story that we ain't so proud about. Am I right about it? For some of us, it's a few pages that we'd rather rip out of the book, right? Maybe not even pages. For some of us, there may be a few chapters that we'd just rather not have published for everybody to read because we don't want anybody to know about the, the, that part of our life. And the reality is we cannot change what's already been written about our story. But the good news is our future story is yet to be written. Is anybody glad that God's not done writing the story of your life? Amen, everybody? And in this series, we're talking about the decisions that we make and that, that will actually end up writing the story of our life. So let's review our, our key thought for this series. If you're taking notes in the note sheet, write this down. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell Tomorrow, It's so important to realize that what we decide today will one day determine the stories that are written about our life, that we tell about our life. In fact, in his book, uh, The Principle of the Path, Andy Stanley says this, and I want you to write this down in your notes. This is so powerful. You'll chew on this for about a week. But he says this, direction. Everybody say direction. Come on louder. Everybody say direction. Direction, not intention. Not intention, but direction is what determines destination. Direction, not intention. I like that. Direction, the direction that your story is moving. Not what you intend to say one day about yourself, but the direction that you're heading today determines the destination you will arrive at. Not your intention. The way we are living today will ultimately determine the story that we tell tomorrow about our life. Not what we intend to do. Everybody's got intentions. It's not what we intend to do, but what we are actually doing right now. That's why several years ago in my life, I started kind of a new discipline as I make decisions. I, I like to try to take the decisions that I'm making and I try to play them forward. Everybody say, play it forward. One more time, everybody say, play it forward. I like to try to take the decisions I'm making and play them forward in my mind and ask myself, if I continue down this road, what story will I tell? If I continue to make these decisions, what story am I likely to tell? And we all have these times in our life, we're getting ready to make a decision about something and you're playing it out in your mind well, I could make this decision and it could go one of two ways and then you have to make a choice. In fact, I'll give you a couple of embarrassing times in my life that I didn't make the right decision after I played it out. So 
I've always been kind of for years kind of in the gym. I enjoy that kind of thing, lifting weight. I love all that. But I started a year ago going to CrossFit. Yes. Why are you laughing? I'm Okay, whatever. So I'm going to CrossFit. It's been doing a lot of good for me. So I kind of got out of it around Thanksgiving time. We had COVID issues in my family and all this stuff had happened. And I couldn't go from like early November all the way to the end of the year. So then you kind of got that holiday poundage that you put on. Come on, how many of you know about the holiday poundage, right? Come on, be honest. So you get the holiday poundage. So now I'm trying to, okay, I gotta get back after it. Gotta get back after the grind. Gotta get in there, right? So this past week, I got back into CrossFit, get to the gym. My daughter went with me that morning. Now we get there, part of the program that day was a, 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 a 500 meter row. How many of you know what a row machine is? You seen those row machines? So the 500 meter row was part of the program that day. So I get on the row machine, daughter gets on one, Ava gets on one next to me. And if you know a row machine, it's got the two, the, the two foot uh, stands and it's got straps that you're supposed to strap your feet in. So this was a morning that I didn't really want to strap my feet in a row machine. I just want to put my feet on it and just do the thing. So I'm playing it, I'm playing it forward in my mind. If I don't put my feet in the straps, I, it could be bad. It may embarrass me. I could do something stupid. If I do put them in, then I'll actually do it right. And so which one am I going to do? Well, you should not strap. So I'm trying to play this in my mind. Like there's a part of me that just says, forget the stupid straps. I'm a grown man. I don't need no straps. That's the angle I took and the decision that I made. So I decided I'm not strapping my feet in. Put my feet up on the little stands. I took one giant pull. Back, I mean, the biggest pull I ever did. And all of a sudden, my feet are facing the ceiling. And I flip back over the whole machine in front of the whole CrossFit class. Embarrassed myself. Laying on the ground defeated. And my daughter, is she coming to her father's rescue? Absolutely not. She's sitting on her own machine going, ah, <laughs> to which she got money taken from her later. But no, I'm just kidding. But how many of you know that I did not play that forward the right way? Made the wrong decision. I'll give you another one. Several years ago, I went snow skiing for the very first time. Yes, I did. Had never done it before. Took all morning of classes learning how to snow ski. Didn't know what I was doing. Get done with all these classes, and they finally let you go down the little kitty slope by yourself for the first time. And they tell you, hey, if it's your first time going down the slope, you want to put your toes in, you know, so you don't go too fast, and you want to go side to side just to have a nice little deal going on, right? And it's a part of me that's like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go fast. So I decided not to put my toes together. I decided to leave them puppies wide open, baby. I get on this hill, and all of a sudden, I notice that I'm picking up speed really fast. Never done this before. And a person of my size going downhill at that trajectory, how y'all know that you're going to go fast. And it's going so fast, I forgot from the class how to stop. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I, I, could, I should have played this out in my head a little better because what happened is I got out of control, didn't know what to do but to force fall just to break my fall. So I just threw myself in the snow, started tumbling down the side of the hill like a snowball, and I ripped my left MCL third-degree tear. 
And I'm on the snow mountain screaming in pain. And these little brats who are about 10 years old are whizzing past me going, wipe out, wipe out. I was trying to catch one of them. So how many of you know I didn't play that out the right way? How many of you know we all have wipeouts in our life because we didn't play it forward? We played it forward the wrong way. And so play the story out. Everybody say, play it out. Because what, what I would hate to do is what I've done many times in my own life, and you can relate to it, is that on the other side of a bad decision is to say, oh, if I could only go back and do it over again. Oh, if I, if I just hadn't had done that, things would be so different. I can't tell you as a pastor how many people that I've sat with over the years, hundreds of people that are full of regret, deep regret. I'd give anything to go back and do that over again. I would do it so different. The decisions we make today determines the stories that we tell tomorrow. And it's direction, not intention. It's direction that determines destination. Are you with me? Say yes. So the overriding question that we're answering in this whole series is how do I live a story that is worth telling? And I believe the verse that drives us through this series is found in Hebrews chapter 12, and it reads like this. The Bible says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Help me out, everybody. The what? Come on, one more time. The what? The author and the perfecter of our faith. Wouldn't it be awesome and amazing if we just let Jesus help author the story of our life? We, that we are so focused on him. And if we are focused on him, we have fixed our eyes. If we're focused on him, then we're actually led by him. And if we're led by him, we'll have a story that is worth telling. Amen, everybody? And so in this series, we're making four decisions. And if you were here with us last week, I'll, I'll review them with you. Write these down in your notes. Last week, we made the decision to start. Everybody say start. How many of you said last week that there was actually, you committed to start a new discipline in your life? Raise your hand real high. I decided to start something. God bless every one of you because it's gonna change your life. I decided to start something that would help me live the story that I wanna tell. Now today, we're going to decide actually to stop. Everybody say stop. And we're going to talk about this all day. Next week, we're going to decide to stay. Everybody say stay. Because so many of us, we ruin our stories when we walk away from something because it's difficult when we should have stayed. We walk away from a dream. We walk away from a friendship. We walk away from God. We walk away from our church. We walk away from a relationship because it's just too hard when it would have been better for our story and better for our lives and our family if we had just stayed. We're gonna decide to stay. And in the fourth week, kind of a, kind of a, a contradiction maybe, we're gonna decide to go. Everybody say go. We're gonna decide to go, because to really do something significant in life, you are going to have to take some faith risk. You're gonna have to do something that unnerves you a little bit. When it would be easier to play it safe and sit back and not take a risk, there are times that God's gonna call you to step out of your security and to step into the unknown because it is in the realm of the unknown that his miracles happen. There's gonna be a time in your life and many times that he's gonna tell you to go. Maybe not leave geographically, but to go to a certain venture, to journey into a certain thing. 
maybe a relationship, something in your life, but he's gonna call you to go. But today we're gonna talk about deciding to stop. One more time, everybody say stop. And we're gonna look at a story in the Old Testament about Moses that I believe many of you can relate to. Those of you who are a single parent maybe and you're overwhelmed. Those of you who are, uh, are working a draining job and you just can't get it all done. Those of you who are full-time students maybe in, in college and you're also working 30 hours a week and trying to do it all and you just feel overwhelmed. Moses felt all of those ways when he was so worn out by all the problems that all the people, three million plus of them, were bringing to him. He was the only problem solver at one point in Israel's history. And there were bring every day, just nonstop problems. He was trying to handle all of these different disputes. And so the Bible says that Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, everybody needs a good father-in-law named Jethro, Jethro came up to Moses and said, hey man, you're gonna have to stop doing all this, doing things this way. And here's the advice that, that Jethro gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 18. It says, Moses' father-in-law replied, help me out, church. He said, what you are doing is what? It's not good. What you are doing is not good. What if I told you today that you're doing something that's not good for your story? What you are doing is not good. Maybe with you, it's a habit that you have. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's an addiction that you're struggling with. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a, a, a thought process. Maybe it's something in your life that's just not good for the future of your story. What you are doing is not Good, Jethro says, but in verse 18, he said this, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. He says, listen now to me, watch this. I will give you some advice, I like this, and may God be with you. I love that. I'm gonna give you some advice, and then God bless you. Can I just encourage you today that the people who give you advice are not responsible to walk it out for you? Jethro said, I'm gonna give you some advice and then God bless you. In other words, I can't want it for you. There's some people I try to help over the years and no matter what I tell them, they ain't gonna do it. And guess what? I can't want it for you. You have to want change. You have to want your redemption. You have to want forgiveness. You have to want cleansing. You have to want restoration. You have to want transformation. You gotta want it and nobody can want it for you. And so Jethro says, okay, Moses, here's the deal. Here's the game plan, here's my advice. I want you to choose some capable leaders in Israel, and I want you to train them to handle all these disputes for you. I want you to choose some to be over thousands, some to be over hundreds, some to be over fifties, and some to be over tens. And whenever problems arise in Israel, I want you to delegate your authority to these leaders to handle those issues, and you only deal with the big ones. The real, the real big fish, the really important ones, the real difficult ones. And Jethro said, if you do this, in verse 22, he went on to say, it will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. And I like this because the Bible says, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said.
And Moses, Moses actually stopped trying to do everything, which in so many ways brought him to the story that we tell now about Moses. And so here's what I want you to do today. I want you to think, I want you to, I want you to think too today about just one thing. Everybody say one thing. Come on, just like last week, I just want you to think one thing and one thing only that you're doing in your life right now that is not good for your story. And what we're gonna do with that one thing, I want you to think about 20 things because you probably got 20, 30 things. I'm not talking about that. I want you to take the biggest one. Take the biggest thing that you got in your life right now that is not good that you're doing. And what we're gonna do today is we're gonna commit that to God and we're gonna ask him to help us to stop doing what is not helpful to our future story. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I wanna give you a couple of reasons why you should stop just before we dive into it. Here's a couple of reasons why you should stop. There are many of them. I just wanna give you two of them that you may not think about. Why should you stop doing something that's not good? Number one, write this down. It's because you don't know what you're missing if you stop. If you're doing something that's not good and then you stop doing it, it's likely that you're gonna find something on the other side of that that's really significant. You might have this sense of, wow, now I'm not as overwhelmed as I used to be. Now I've got margin in my life. I've got time. My, my relationships are stronger and better now. Or now that I've stopped doing this unhealthy thing, man, now I've got true peace in my life. And, I, and I'm not always looking over my shoulder wondering if I'm gonna get caught or, 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 or worried if this is bad for me or is this gonna mess me up. I'm not worrying about it anymore because I just stopped. I just stopped. You don't know what blessings are on the other side of you stopping. You don't know what you're missing out on yet if you don't stop doing that thing that's bad in your life. Here's the second reason that you should stop, and that is because you don't know what it will cost you if you don't. You don't know what it's gonna cost you if you don't stop. If you're doing something that's not good and you don't stop it, you have no idea how much it could cost you if you don't stop. I want you to think about Moses' situation. And like I told you, let's play the story out. Play it forward. What could have happened to Moses if he had continued to overwhelm himself and push too hard and work too hard and never take a break? Well, we see it all the time today. What could have happened to him? Well, he could have had a nervous breakdown. He was a human being. He could have done what many of my pastor friends have done over the years. I've watched many of them. Unfortunately, what they do is they go too hard. They grind too hard. They never take a break. They're always all in. They don't know how to withdraw. They don't know how to Sabbath. And all of a sudden, one day, as the church is exploding, their church is growing, they are crumbling. And one day, they don't get out of bed anymore and they curl up in a ball of depression and they resign or they lose their family. They go too hard. It could have been that Moses would have ended up getting mad at God if he hadn't have stopped. God, you put this on me. These are your stupid people, man. So forget you, God. You take your people. I'm out. I don't need this. And we'd have never read about him. We'd have never read his story. And the Moses that wasn't perfect, but that we know he was a great man of faith, could have walked away from all of it and said, it's too much, just forget it, I'm done, I'm out. I'm going back to Midian to 10 sheep where I had peace. 
And his story would have been totally and completely different, listen to me, if he didn't stop. There's no telling what it would have cost him if he didn't stop. Are y'all tracking with me right now? Are y'all tracking with me right now? So what I want you to do, listen to me, I want you to think about what is not good in your life right now, going into 2021. What is not good in your life, and I want you to play the story forward. (laughs) Play it forward. Play this, where is this going? If I keep doing this, where is it going? Remember, it's direction, not intention, that it determines destination. What is the direction of your story right now? Play it, play it forward. And I might be a little dramatic in this exercise, but I'm being to be because it serves a purpose, okay? So, you know, keep on being unhealthy with your body. Keep on not eating healthy. Keep on ignoring your body. Keep on smoking. Keep on abusing your body in some way because nobody can tell you what to do. You're your own person. and eh, that's good. Ain't nothing gonna, I'm gonna be around forever, whatever. And play it forward. Just play it forward. Keep on not exercising in some way. Play it forward. What's gonna happen in your life? Well, it could be you don't walk your daughter down the aisle because you're dead, right? You don't ever get to see your grandkids because you're not here. Or you, in the last 20 years of your life, when you should be enjoying your twilight years and your retirement years and and be full of vitality and energy and active and being able to do more for God then than you ever had because now you got time. Now you're battling the last 20 years of your life. You're battling one health issue after another and you're miserable. Why? Because of the decisions. Decisions that were made over years. Play the story forward. Play it forward. Keep on partying with that wild group of friends that you have, thinking it's no big deal. Play the story forward. You've seen it. One gets a DUI, one goes to jail, one gets in a fight, one gets killed, and the lucky ones, they just carry their chemical addictions on into their marriage, and they end up destroying their marriage real slow over a 20-year period. I've seen it. Just play the story forward. Go ahead. Keep, Keep looking at porn. Go ahead. Keep on doing it. You ain't gotten caught yet. Has it cost you anything yet? But just play it forward. Where's this going? Play the story forward until you actually start acting on it. Or maybe you don't ever act out on it, but one day you're gonna look at your beautiful wife who's got tears running down her face and she's shaking in front of you and she's devastated and crushed because she caught you and she's asking you, wasn't I enough? The damage is done. Trust is broken. And now there's a long road of trust and healing that has to happen. Why? Decisions. Decisions. You didn't play it forward. That's why it's called a deception. Because Satan always clouds your vision and your judgment from seeing the path forward. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that God would unfog the direction for you and you would see today the straight path of where this is going. Play it forward. Keep on overspending. Keep spending more than you make. Play that story forward. And when you get to look at your son and say, I'm sorry, you can't can't play that sport that you want to play because we can't afford it. 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but we can't send you to that school that you wanna go to or the university you wanna go to because we can't afford that and keep the mortgage payment because we're in debt up to our eyeballs. How did we get there? Way back there in a series of decisions that we made that told a story and mapped a direction. Getting quiet in God's house today. Play the story forward. Y'all still with me? Let me give you another one. Keep nagging your husband. Keep on with it. I mean, just do your gift, baby. You're good at it. Go ahead and keep nagging that man. Keep doing it. Just pick him apart, man. No elbows. I don't want to see any husband with some elbows in here. Keep your elbows in tight to the seat at all times for your safety and mine. But seriously, sweetie, just keep on. Keep on nagging him. Your marriage already ain't no good, and he's not a great man, so just keep on making him feel worse. Keep on tearing him down. Play the story forward to see where it goes. Play it forward. Hey, sir, go on and keep, go on and keep being domineering over your wife. Keep controlling her like you do. Keep marginalizing her. Keep putting her down. Keep not criticizing her. Don't date her. Don't compliment her. Don't show her love and attention. Play that forward and see where that goes. Whew, I'm preaching better than you responding today. Come on, somebody shout, play it forward. So let's pause for a minute, let's pause for a minute, and let's backtrack to last week. And what I want to ask again is the big question that we're asking all through this series. Hey, it's a new year, new possibilities, new beginnings, and how many believe God wants to do a new thing in your life, right? Four of you. How many believe God wants to do a new thing in your life, right? So here's the big question in all of this, it's in your notes, and that is, what does God want you to want? What does he want you to want? What does God want you to want in your life? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, chances are you're probably gonna say today, yeah, you know, there's probably something in my life that God wants different. How many of you would say there's something in your life God probably wants different? If your hand's not raised, you're a liar. God, there's something in your life. Yeah, God wants me to be more focused on my family or God wants me to grow spiritually stronger this year or God wants me to get my finances under control or God wants me to take better care of my body because I only got one. I don't get another one. God wants me to be more involved with my children. God wants me to do something to make a difference in this world and serve on the dream team at Vibrant Church and be in ministry. You know, if you think about it, what does God want you to want? What does he want you to want? Now, here's the, here's the application question right here. In light of what God wants you to want, what do you need to stop? What do you need to stop? In light of the story God wants you to tell, in light of what God wants you to want, what do you need to stop so you can live the story that God wants you to tell? What do you need to decide to stop today in order to tell the right story tomorrow? And when you think about it, there's a couple of different levels that you can think on. And here's the deal. Listen, just pick one. Everybody say, just pick one. I just want you to pick one. Don't, don't think, but it's 50 things I have to change. Of course there is, but I just want you to pick one. Not the, not the easiest one. I want you to pick the biggest one. It's the one you're not going to right now in your mind. It's the one that right now you're trying to go find another one that's a lot easier. No, I'm talking about the gorilla in your heart. That's the one I want. I'm talking about that big elephant in the room in your heart. That's the one I want you to go after. Just the one, the big one. Go after the big one. Just pick one. 
Because if you pick seven, you're not going to accomplish anything. You know, you won't do any of it. But think about this. Just one thing that you need to stop. Think about this. If you start, like we talked about last week, start a discipline. If you start one discipline every year, and with God's help, you stop one bad thing every year, year after year after year, wow, just think about it. After a decade of that, I'm telling you, it will add up to tremendous godliness and tremendous improvement in your relationship with God and your relationship with other people, especially your family. And I want you to think of it on two levels. Think of it externally, but also think of it internally. Because some of you, you need to stop something external, something you're doing. You need to stop flipping people off in 2021, okay? Some of you. Like, mm. you need to stop it. You need to stop getting wasted. You need to stop doing drugs. You need to stop these dangerous external things in your life. Others of you, listen to me, you're mature enough where you've already stopped all the dangerous external stuff, but don't sit back and go, oh, I'm good now. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to stop something internal. Everybody say internal. I would argue all day long that the most dangerous force in all the world is not external, but it's the internal sin nature of our life. That's what gets us in the most trouble. Do you believe it? Say amen. Maybe you need to stop a bad attitude. Maybe you need to stop a critical spirit. Maybe you need to stop worrying all the time about everything. I mean, some of you, some of you worry yourself to death. From the time you wake up to you, you're going to be worried about everything. Worried about dying. Worried about somebody else dying. Worried, worried asteroids going to hit the earth. I mean, worried about everything. We're going to have an electrical grid fall out for the next six months. Stocking away food and water and all this just worry. Some of you, when you ain't got nothing to worry about, you worry that you ain't worried about nothing. Just worry. For some of you, you need to stop some negative self-talk. You need to stop it because God's trying to write a story and you're sabotaging it. Because you keep telling yourself from the time you wake up till you go to bed that you're nothing. You can't do it. You're not as good as. You're a loser. You're a failure. You can't do nothing right. All this negative self-talk, and you play that forward. Where's that going? Where's that going? Maybe, maybe for you, whatever it is, but you, you need to stop doing something internally. Maybe it's not external for you. Maybe it's internal. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be real transparent with you. I always like to try to put my junk out to you so you guys all know that I'm just like you. We in it together, baby. Come on, we ride or die. Come on, somebody. We in it together. I ain't no better than none of you. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to be very transparent, and I'm going to tell you some different things that with God's help, I've stopped over the years that helped me tell the story today that I really want to tell. So let's go. I'll start externally first for my life. When I first came back to the Lord in my early 20s, I had been running from God for several years. I'm talking about running hard, like I ran harder than anybody I knew. Run away from God. And I'm talking about I was drunk all, almost all the time. Drunk all the time. Just didn't even, there was years right now of my, of my, of my early 20s, late teens, early that just fogged out. I don't even know what happened. And so one of the first things when I came back to the Lord was he dealt with me and I said, you need to stop getting drunk like that. You need to stop that. Uh, he, for some of you may think, well, that's easy enough, but not when you're in it. And then all of a sudden as I started growing, he said, hey, you need to stop partying like you do. 
You may not be getting drunk, but you're still partying like that, and you, you don't realize that the partying atmosphere is conducive to destructive behaviors that are going to derail your story. Because I used to party. Listen, we partied, y'all. Listen. Like it's serious. Like it was a sport. Like we didn't just party. We partied, okay? I mean, we partied. But I realized as I was, you know, what, you know what I found out? Some of you found this out in your own life that when I got the life of Jesus in me, I didn't feel comfortable in those environments anymore. All of a sudden, I drink something. This don't feel right. This don't feel right. That don't feel right. Of course it doesn't. Jesus is in me now. Some of you know it don't feel right no more, and you keep fighting. You keep making yourself go do it because that's all you know that doesn't feel right anymore. Don't get angry at God. Change your story. Stop doing that thing. And then it went to, I needed to stop hanging out with some of the friends I had, the wrong people, because that was what was producing all the other stuff. Because how many of you believe you are who you run with? You lay down with dogs, you don't get up with fleas. That's just how it works. And if you want to soar with eagles, you need to stop flying around with a bunch of turkeys. Amen, Pastor Jason. That's good preaching. I had to change my circle of friends, man. I had to get some people in my life in my, as a young man who championed God's call in me, who championed transformation, who championed my direction, who championed the grace of God in me, who championed what God was doing, who championed my development. I had to get the right people around me. And I can fast forward years later when we were newlyweds, we were a few years into our marriage, all of a sudden I realized I need, we need to do something different with our finances, someone working right. We were stressed out all the time about our finances. and man, we, It was just constant, like it was constant stress and constant fear. And, constant, and I, at, the, at some point, we had to stop, stop. You're writing a story you don't want to tell. You're going to hurt future things. So we decided, you know what, God, we're going to submit this to you. Help us to get our finances. We sought out godly counsel and people who knew better. And all of a sudden, we begin to get our finances in order. And we watched God bless it. God blesses what has been brought in order under him. Where he is first, he will bless. Some of you want, want God to bless your finances, but you won't put him first in it. God doesn't bless where he's not first. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, then everything will be added to you. Why won't God bless my money? Because you don't tithe. Oh, don't, don't, don't get me going. Well, you done gone to meddling. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to break your foot. Okay? Because it's true. I'm going to preach you the truth. Seek first the kingdom in every area, and then everything will be added to you. I want God's less of money because you won't tithe. Where he is first is where he blesses. When you put him first, he will, you, want God to be, you want God to bless your marriage? Put him first. You want God to bless your job? Put him first in it. Stop doing side sideways deals. Stop signing sideways contracts. Stop lying to business partners. Stop cheating on your timesheets. Put him first in it. Watch him bless it. <laughs> it's good preaching, y'all. I'm having fun, whatever. And then it became a thing where externally, God had to get a hold of me at a certain point in my life, and I'm still working on this part too, my own health. Years ago, I remember, the church was exploding here, and my health was declining. I remember the doctor on a routine checkup told me, this was probably six years ago, he told me, you're gonna be dead by the time you're 48 years old. 
because you're working too hard and you're focusing on making everything else healthy but you. You need to start getting a hold of yourself. And I did. I took it serious. started getting hold. I'm not, I'm not where I should be. I told you last week, there is a Dwayne The Rock Johnson up under this, and I'm going to find that joker. I promise you I am. There's a six-pack under I'm going to find it. Watch me. I'm still working on it, but I've been chipping away, chipping away. Now my health is a ton, 10 times better than it ever has been. Because I stopped, just stopped. Then I, there was some internal stuff in my life too. When I first came back to the Lord, just to, just to kind of relate to some of you, I was a very angry young man, rageful, angry, resentful, bitter young man. Internal things that God said, you need to stop. This is gonna stop. I'm gonna, I want you to give that to me. I wanna heal that. And through godly counsel and godly people in my life, I was able to find the source of this anger in my life and I was able to heal from it. And man, I began to experience a fresh life and and then I just begin to experience a whole new level of joy and peace in my heart. Why? Because I chose to stop. So where would I have played that for if I'd never dealt with the anger issue? Some of you are dealing with it right now in your 40s and 50s, and you've had it since you were a teenager, and you never stopped. And it's telling a story today because of the decisions that you made. I know it's deep, but stay with me. Stay with me. This is for your own good today. Or all of us. I remember... Early in ministry, man, for years, I battled and was plagued internally with this people-pleasing thing. I cared what everybody thought about me. I cared what everybody thought about my leadership. I cared if somebody left the church. I cared if they didn't like my preaching. I cared if, I didn't, if they didn't feel like I served them the right way, if they didn't feel like I met their need the right way. And you know what I found out over the years? I was trying to please everybody else but God. And here's what I found out. I can't please everybody. Come on, Somebody. I can't please all y'all. And guess what? I got freed from that junk, and now I ain't trying to no more. I'm gonna do what God tells me to do, and those who don't like it, fine. Those who do like it, fine. I ain't trying to please y'all no more. Well, that's rather harsh. No, it's called being set free. I'm here to please God, because here's what I found out. The more I live as a leader and, a, and your pastor, and the more I live to please him, the more you guys will follow the direction that God is going. If I start making you God and trying to please you and worship you and serve you as my master, all this whole thing will fall apart because God will not let his glory be shared with anybody. So I ain't living to please y'all no more. Oh, that's right. I'm gonna preach what God tells me to preach, say what God, if people wanna leave, that's between them and God. You don't belong to me. You belong to him. God's gonna bring in sin who he wants to. This is his house. He said, if I don't build it, you're gonna labor in vain. Get out of my way and let me build my church. So I had to get over that. I had to heal from that. I dealt with a lot of self-condemnation issues internally too, just condemning my, never gave myself any grace, never gave myself any latitude. I couldn't make a mistake. I just beat myself up. Some of you relate to that. And I had to heal from God. I said, stop, it's, play that forward. The people-pleasing thing, play that forward. Where's that going? I'll give you another one. I'll move on. But I dealt with the first many years of ministry as a pastor, workaholic. Couldn't shut it off. Work all the time, stayed late, went in early. At home, I was home, but not really home. I was there, but not there. On my phone all the time, returning texts, emails, all this stuff. Until finally, my family came to me and says, Dad, you're, not, you're here, but you're not here. You're on your phone all the time. You're working too late. Why aren't you ever here? And you know, I realized the Holy Spirit convicted me and says, play that forward. Where is that going? Because I'm telling you, it's gonna arrive at a destination you don't wanna be. 
And you need to stop right now because you are, for the sake of ministering to the masses, you are neglecting your number one ministry, which is your family. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. If this offends you, I hope, I, if it offends you, so be it. I'm going to let you know right now, my family is my number one ministry above any of you. They are my, that's my number one ministry. And there's nothing that's more important, not you, not anybody, than them. And I have to pastor them and love them and lead them and invest in them before I can really. My greatest gift to you, Vibrant Church, is a healthy family. My greatest gift to you is a healthy marriage. I believe that's the nucleus of everything that God wants to do here. And so guess what? Some Sundays when you don't see me here, I don't care what you think about it. I'm investing in my family. So if somebody else is preaching the word of God and you want to fold your own thing, well, Pastor Jason wasn't here to give me my word. Well, so be it. You ain't my God. I'm with my family taking some time to invest in them and to love them and to pour into them and to pray with them and let them know that God loves them too. And it doesn't matter who's up here preaching the word of God. It's the word of God. You ought to celebrate it and amen and be all in because it ain't about a man. It's about Jesus. I got over all that. I had to stop the workaholic stuff. I had to cut my phone off at night, come home early. I'm just trying to be honest. We're trying to reveal to you, be transparent. I'm in the same boat. There were things in my life I had to stop. So I ask you, in light of what God wants you to want, what does God want you to stop? In light, of God, in light of what God wants you to want, pick one thing. What does he want you to stop? And I made a list of some things just to kind of get your mind going maybe. Some of you, you really need to stop being a slave to social media. Young people today, I don't get it. They'll have a get together at somebody's house and a bunch of teenagers will come over and they just sit on the couches and, and, and stare at their phones together. Don't get it. Some of you need to get off social media a little bit, put that thing in order. Do I believe social media is of the devil? No, I don't. Have people used it for evil things? Yes, they have. Do I believe God can leverage it for kingdom use? Absolutely. But it doesn't control me, I control it. Some of you need to stop being a slave to that stuff. And some of you ladies, I'm just going to tell you. Some of you ladies, listen to me. You need to quit looking at everybody's Pinterest and get your own interest. Because some of you ladies feel like if you had the right recipe, you could change the world. Who cares? Get off the thing and go out there and be a wife and be a mother and invest in your children. Good preaching, pastor. Sit there quiet. I ain't even done. Quit obsessing over your Twitter feed. Tweet, 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 retweet, retweet. Did you see what so-and-so tweeted? Who cares? Who cares? Obsessing over your Instagram account. Oh my gosh, I like 50 likes on that post. Now my life has meaning and purpose. No, how about you get a real life? Put the doggone thing down. Go look at somebody and talk to somebody face to face and actually have meaningful relationships. So maybe you need to stop being a slave to social media. And you can laugh, we can laugh at it, but some of you need to take it really serious. Here's another one. Some of you need to stop trying to control everybody and everything. You're driving your kids away. You're driving your spouse away. You're driving people away from you because you can't be involved in anybody's life without trying to control everything they do. 
Stop. Play that forward and see where it goes. Stop being a control freak. Some of you need to stop having a critical and judgmental spirit toward everything and everybody. You're just critical. Judgment is critical. Just negative, critical. It's like, man, in the sun, now, the sun feel good today? Well, we sure do need some rain. Man, it's about time we had some rain. Man, it'd be nice if the sun was out. Man, in the snow, beautiful, pfft, so cold, and now the kids aren't in school. Just critical, just everything critical. Judgmental of everybody. Don't give nobody no grace. But you don't forgot where Jesus found you, the pit he found you in, and he loved you and forgave you and cleaned you up, but you can't give nobody else no grace. That's all right, you ain't got to come back. Picking everything apart, picking everybody apart. You've been, you've been picking this whole church service apart since you sat in here. And I can tell you, I can pick it apart too. You've been picking me apart all morning. I can pick me apart too. Or maybe you, you, you could shut your picking brain down and just open up your heart and get something real from God today if you're not picking everything apart. Stop being judgmental. Actually enjoy life. Joy the people around you. Joy your family. Play it forward. Some of you need to stop gossiping. Oh, see how quiet it just got right there? That's when I know I hit something. You need to stop gossiping. I'm not playing. It's, it's demonic. What? You mean there's a demon in it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you know, it's the evil one, Jesus said, that came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when you're gossiping about other people to other people, you are stealing their life. You're destroying their life, and Satan is using you to speak death. Some of you stop gossiping. It's sin. It's sin. Stop. Stop tearing other people down. When somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, I heard that so-and-so. You, know you know what I care most about? I don't even care about the information about so-and-so. You know what I care most about is what in you gave the invitation for somebody to tell you that? What is so broken in you that you let off a vibe that you're open for business like that? Because there's some people in our church that they don't ever hear anything negative and gossip. You know why? Because they don't let off a vibe that they're open for that business. But some people have a broken spirit and they're open to the spirit finds spirit. It's toxic. It's blah, 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 blah. About everybody and everything, tearing down the church, tearing down the pastors, tearing down the stuff, tearing down to the people, tearing down the dream, tearing down this, tearing down that. And, he, and, and, and God helps some of you who actually hear it and actually believe the junk. Because 90% of it's garbage. And you believe it. I've seen people leave, people leave the church over some gossip. I can't believe that. Let's go. And meanwhile, they uprooted their spiritual roots out of the ground that God was blessing them in, all because of a gossiping lie that they heard from somebody. Instead of doing the Christ-like thing, instead of doing the adult thing and coming to the pastor or somebody on staff and saying, hey, can I clarify, can we get something clarified? Heard something, saw something. Could you clarify this for me? And all of a sudden, things can be resolved. But not to take the gossip internalizing it, 
Some of you need to quit gossiping. Some of you need to quit giving ear to it. Well, I don't gossip, I just hear stuff. That's just as bad scripturally. Now, how about you be the big boy and big girl and say, ah, 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 stop. Hey, I love you, but I don't do that. And whoever you're about to talk, listen, you need to go to them if you've got a question about them. But I'm not gonna participate with that. I guarantee they'll never come back to you again. Well, that's just kind of relationship we have. It's just been like that all these years. They just talk. They're just venting. That's the thing I hear today. That's the new buzzword. They're just venting. Really? That's what we call it now? Venting. Gossip is now venting. I'm just pastoring you today. Some of you need to stop smoking weed Stop smoking cigarettes. Stop smoking glue. Stop smoking crayons. Whatever it is you smoke, quit smoking it. Because it ain't doing you no good. Just stop. Stop. Some of you have got an alcohol issue that you just need to stop. Some of you need to stop hanging out with the wrong people because they're taking you down. Some of you ladies need to break up with the stupid guy. It's like, oh, but he has so much potential. And I know that all my friends and my mom and dad and my sorority sisters and my teachers and, my, and everyone I know have already told me he's no good and he's bad for me, but they don't know him like I do. Play it forward. Play it forward. Where's it taking you? Some of you need to stop overspending. Some of you need to stop eating junk food all the time. Listen, it's not your single-handed mission to keep hostess out of bankruptcy, okay? <laughs> Lord Jesus. Stop it. Some need to stop the pornography issue. Some of you need to stop neglecting your family. Some of you need to stop blaming God for something God had nothing to do with. Quit blaming God for it. Some bad happened to you. Why would God do this to me? No, you are a free will being. God had nothing to do with it. You made decisions over time that led to something. Don't blame God. Some of you need to let go of a hurt. It's a legitimate hurt. Fine. Yes, I understand. But you need to do what Christ did for you and forgive somebody and stop holding a grudge. What do you need to stop to tell the story that God wants you to tell? Listen, I'm going to close with this. Are y'all still with me? Has this been okay? Y'all getting anything out of this? Let me close with this. I want to go back to Hebrews 12 in verse 2, but what I want to do is I want to start with the verse that comes directly before we just read about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, because in Hebrews 12 in verse 1, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, watch this, let us throw off everything that hinders. I'm just asking you to pick one thing. Everybody say one thing. Just one thing that hinders, one thing that could hinder your future story and throw it off and derail your story and throw it off track. And I want you to cast it down. Take one thing and just cast it down. He says this, he lists let us throw off everything that hinders, watch this, and the sin that so easily entangles. If there's something that is entangling my story, it's entangling my relationship with God. It's entangling my future. I'm going to stop doing that which is hindering and entangling my story. I'm going to stop it. And then he goes on to say, and let us run with perseverance the race 
that is marked out for us. And then he says, let us fix our eyes on who? Come on, on who? Jesus, the what? The author and the perfecter of our faith. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, listen, I'm not talking about behavior modification. Anyone can do that. I'm talking about spiritual transformation. That you actually hear from God and God says, this is what's hindering your future story. And you may look at it and say, man, I've tried to stop this, but I can't stop. And I'm telling you, by the power of Jesus Christ, you can stop anything he calls you to stop. Come on, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in those of you who believe. And you can, by his power, stop. You can stop. Why does this matter? Because the decisions we make today determine the stories that we're going to tell tomorrow. And I don't care what you want. I don't care what you hope. I don't care what your intentions are. No, no, no. It's direction, not intention. It's direction that determines destination. So right now, so right now, if you're writing the wrong story, stop today. You may say, well, well, my story's not perfect, Pastor Jesus. My story's not perfect. Neither is mine. But guess what? Our stories aren't finished yet. Is anybody glad that our Savior Jesus can help us write the story that he wants to tell? Come on, if you seek him, you will find him. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Come on, he's not done writing your story. Come on, if you're glad that your story ain't over, can you take a second and just give God some praise this morning? Come on, your story ain't over yet. He's still writing your story. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody moving around. Just let me pray with you. I know I went a little over our time today, but I just felt like God was just ministering to somebody, somebody in this room. Just very quickly, I want to pray for those of you first. You're a believer, but maybe you hear the word this morning and you realize there's something in your life that you need to stop something you need to stop and you're just praying, God, give me the strength. Let 2021 be the year that I stop this and start writing a different chapter. Maybe you'd say, I know exactly what it is, Pastor. I already know why you are preaching the Holy Spirit told me is this right here. And I just need prayer. Right now, would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me. Come on, all over this room, say, pray for me. Pray for me. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you minister to your people. I pray today that you give us the power to stop. Last week, we needed the power to start. Today, we need the power to stop because something is derailing our story. There's some sin that is hindering the story. And if we just give, just give us the power to play it forward, just play it forward to where it's going. God, I pray that you uncloud the direction, uncloud that which the enemy has clouded to cause a deception. Uncloud it in this moment. Let somebody see this is where you're headed. But I want to write a different story. And God, we just take that issue. And I want you right now in your own way just to take that issue and just give it to him. God, we give you this. Oh, here's the thing that you told me you want me to stop. I can't do it on my own strength. But I know you can do everything. You can do everything from within me, Jesus, because you live in me. I can do all things through you, Jesus. So give me the strength to overcome this in 21. And start writing a different story in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Just for being in prayer just for one second, just one second. I really believe there's somebody in this room, maybe watching online. Your story's about to be different today. Because right now, you're not in a right relationship with God. But God's about to change your story. Because you know who you are. Maybe you've just been coming to church because that's what you do. And you've kind of, you've kind of convinced yourself that going to church kind of gives you brownie points with God or something. No, 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 my friend, that's called religion. See, religion teaches you that it's all about the trimmings of your life. Going to church, knowing some songs, knowing some Christian cliches. It's all external, but it's not internal change. And I want to declare to you, you've heard me say it before, I'm just going to declare it to you. Jesus did not come to give you religion. He came to give you a relationship. Because religion teaches you that change is from the outside in. But real change, the gospel teaches, is from the inside out. That's relationship. And for some of you, your story is going to change right now today. It was going to one destination, but today it's about to get switched because you're going to surrender your life to him because some of you are going to find forgiveness this morning. You're going to find grace this morning. You're going to watch that gap that's between you and God just close and you're going to be close to him again. Whether you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or, or maybe you're going to recommit your life to Jesus, whichever one you're in, whichever one of those groups you're in, I want to pray with you. This is your time. If you want a different life spiritually this year than you had last year, today's the day. You say, you know what, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna change my story. I don't wanna be spiritually dry again another year. I don't wanna be distant from God another year and just going to church and playing through the motions. I'm tired of playing the religious game. I want the real deal. And today's your day. And I just, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanted to pray with you right where you sit, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and say, I want a fresh start with God. Come on, hands up all over the room, all over the room. Hands are going, I even see the subtle hands. I love, I love the subtle hands. God sees the subtle hands too. And I wanna pray with you. God bless all of you. I wanna lead you in a very simple prayer of forgiveness and faith. We're gonna pray with you as a church. I want you to pray this from your heart, from your heart. Come on, everyone praying out loud together, dear God. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I surrender my whole life completely to you. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to live for you. Thank you for a fresh start and a new beginning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a big Amen, and we're gonna celebrate right now. Come on, for people coming to Christ today. Come on, that's what it's all about.